You're listening to The Professional Podcast, hosted by the Blue Collar Consulting Group. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Professional Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Roth, and I am the founder of the Blue Collar Consulting Group, which brings you this podcast. And tonight, I always say tonight because I'm usually recording in the evenings, but tonight we're going to talk about something that has probably affected us all. We're going to talk about the breakup. Oh yes, everyone loves to talk about the breakup. We're going to talk about it, we're going to discuss some science, and we're going to see what can be done about uh, the survival of a breakup. So let's talk about it. Uh, The aftermath of a breakup can be devastating, we know that. Most people emerge intact, okay, most do. But uh, there's some research out there that shows that uh, people can get uh, insomnia, they can get these uh, really disturbing intrusive thoughts, and even, believe it or not, reduced immune function. And in the world of the coronavirus, immune function is a big deal. Uh, While in the throes of a breakup, even the most motivated and dedicated people can have a difficult time determining how to get on with their lives. I mean, breakups sometimes cut us to the core. And so it's important to know how to deal with them. Now, a couple of years ago, uh, there's a small journal called the Journal of Experimental Psychology, and researchers there tested a variety of cognitive, which, you know, like action, you know, strategies, and found one that worked best for helping people uh, get over a breakup. We're going to talk about that now. So if you've got your pencils out, you may want to check uh, and, and listen to this. <clears throat> Now, the researchers gathered a group of 24 what they call heartbroken people aged 20 to 37. So that's a pretty wide range of people. Now, they had been in an average uh, long-term relationship roughly around two and a half years. Now, some had been dumped and then others had been the ones to end the relationship. Uh, But all were very upset about it and most still love their exes, which is very common. Now, in a series of prompts, as I drop my stuff, in a series of prompts, all right, they were coached using the three strategies that were intended to help them move on. So let's, now the first strategy that they used was to negatively reappraise their ex. Now, the person was asked to mull over the unfavorable aspects of their lover. Uh, For instance, like a particularly annoying habit. Like maybe if they snored or if they drank too much or if they smoked or whatever negative thing that you could think of. Now, by highlighting the ex's negative traits, the idea goes that the blow will be softened. You know, yeah, I didn't really like them that much anyway, right? Now, in another prompt called Love Reappraisal, people were told to read and believe statements of acceptance like, It's okay to love someone I'm no longer with. Now, instead of fighting how they felt, they were told to accept their feelings of love as perfectly normal, without judgment. And I think you'll probably see that a lot in today's uh, therapeutic approaches. Now, the third strategy was distraction. How many of us have done this, right? Um, You know, uh, think about positive things unrelated to the ex, like a favorite food, just as distracting oneself can, you know, help reduce those cravings. It may also help a person overcome the persistent thoughts uh, that come with a breakup. So those, the three strategies were kind of lined out. 
And then, of course, the fourth prompt, the control condition, didn't ask them to think about anything, you know, in particular. It was just kind of the control group. So now, here's where the science kicks in. The researchers showed everyone a photo of their ex. A realistic touch, since these often pop up in our lives, in real life on social media. It's all very interesting. They measured the intensity of emotion in response to the photo using electrodes placed on the posterior of the scalp. The EEG reading of the late positive potential, or LPP, is a measure of not only emotion, but motivated attention. This is all completely fascinating. Or to, to what degree the person is captivated by the photo. Like they can measure this by your brain activity. In addition, the researchers measured how positive or negative the people felt and how much love they felt for the X using a scale and a questionnaire. This is literally science, literal biology happening. According to the EEG readings, all three of those strategies mentioned earlier significantly decreased the people's emotional response to the photos relative to their responses in the control group, in the control trials, which didn't have any prompts. However, only people who looked at their lover in a negative light also had a decrease in feelings of love toward their ex. But these people also reported being in a worse mood than when they started, suggesting that these negative thoughts, although helpful for moving on, may be distressing in the short term. Distraction, on the other hand, made people feel better overall, but had no effect on how much they still loved their ex-partner. Now, there's uh, the this, this study author, one of the co-authors, Sandra Langslag, okay? She is the director of Neurocognition of Emotion and Motivation Lab at the University of Missouri in St. Louis, back in uh, kind of my stomping ground. Super cool. <clears throat> and she said distraction is a form of avoidance which has been shown to reduce the recovery from a breakup. Do you hear what I'm saying? It can reduce the recovery from a breakup because you never deal with it. You're just avoiding it. You're distracting yourself from it. So the strategy she recommends of distraction should be used sparingly only to boost mood in the short term. It's not a long-term solution. Love reappraisal showed no effect on either love or mood, but still dulled the emotional response to the photo. The authors classify love for another person as a learned motivation, similar to thirst or hunger, that pushes a person toward their partner in thought and in behavior. That can, in turn, elicit different emotions based on the situation. When love is reciprocated, that means when it's returned, given back, one can feel joy, or in the case of a breakup, persistent love feelings are associated with sadness and difficulty recovering an independent sense of self. There's a scientific biological connection to people that you love. Now classifying love as a motivation is controversial in the field according to the many experts. 
Other experts believe that love is an emotion like anger or a script like riding a bike. However, the endurance of love feelings, which last much longer than a typical bout of anger or joy, the complexity of these feelings, both positive and negative, and the intensity of infatuation all signal a motivation, the authors write in the study. To get over a breakup, heartbroken people change their way of thinking, which takes time. Just as it can be challenging to fight other motivations like food or drug cravings, love regulation, quote, doesn't work like an on-off switch. She continues by saying, to make a lasting change, you'll have to probably regulate your love feelings regularly because the effects likely will wear off after a short time. Writing a list of as many negative things about your ex as you can think of once a day until you feel better may be effective, she says. Though this exercise tends to make people feel kind of bad, kind of worse, Langslag says that this effect will eventually go away. Her own past research found that negative reappraisal also decreased infatuation and attachment to your ex. So it will make you feel better in the long run, she says. Very interesting stuff. The findings are particularly relevant in the social media age. Because how many times do you see images of your ex and your loved ones. She says it will result in these pangs of love, like hunger pains, and they may come up very frequently. Now, all three strategies may make it easier for people to deal with encounters and reminders of the ex-partner in real life and on social media. But the, uh, the uh, what, what was it, the earlier one about the negative reappraisal or the negative feelings one that's the one that sends tens, tends to have the greatest results. Now, there are some practical strategies that we're going to go over. Uh, PhD holder Dr. Barton Goldsmith has some tips that we're going to share. And maybe I can expand on them a little bit. But remember, getting over a breakup is not only an active process. It's a very personal one. And there's, there's a couple of, you know, significant truths that we should all accept and get in our heads right now is that your breakup experience is yours. And I think we'll cover that in this list. But whatever strategy you decide to use, don't let anybody, anybody tell you how to go through a breakup. You have to do what's best for you. So long as it's healthy. Okay, so long as it's healthy, that's the real key. So what we're going to do before we get into this list, let's take a quick break. We'll come right back. We'll get into this list from uh, Dr. Barton Goldsmith, and we'll see which one of these strategies will be most effective for you. Be right back. You're listening to The Professional Podcast with Gary Roth. And welcome back to the Professional Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Collar Consulting Group, hosted by your favorite guy behind the mic, Gary Roth. Now listen, I am not in radio, although I think maybe I should be. Anyway. All right, so we're talking about breakups. And we, <clears throat> excuse me, we covered in the first half of this episode that everybody goes through it. 
and not everybody goes through it well. Let me tell you, I did. I there was one uh, case in particular. I did not go through it well, and it was absolutely horrible. So, some of this I'm speaking from experience. Some of which I'm uh, following the research. And if you listen to the first half of the show, you know that there is scientifically based evidence on approaches to how you get over your exes. And sometimes it's going to take a little longer. So we're moving right along here. Dr. Barton Goldsmith uh, is kind of a specialist in emotional fitness. And he has brought to the show through my mouth and my eyes 10 tips to survive a breakup. And I think you're going to love this. Now, change is mandatory. You cannot get away from change. But suffering, my friends, that is optional. Neil Sadika may have said it best, down, shabby do, down, down, breaking up is hard to do. I'm probably totally butchering that, but the phrase remains. 10 tips for a breakup, and just like Dr. Goldsmith, I hope that we never have to use them, but this is good advice. And you know what? Let's be honest. You can use a lot of these tips, okay? You can use a lot of these to really just have a better life in general, right? So... When you think of going through a breakup and surviving after the horrific loss of someone you care about or don't care about or did care about, you want to get back to life. And there's some real strategies here. Number one, cry all you want. Let it out. Okay, regardless of the scientific approach you take based on the first half of the show, cry, yell, scream. Do whatever you have to do. Let those emotions out. It is not going to help you to bottle all that stuff up. You know, at the very beginning of the show, we talked about some of the things that could happen. Um, Lack of motivation, depression, uh, depressed immune response. So don't hold that stuff in. Cry all you want. Let the tears flow. It's healthy. It's helpful. Uh, You're releasing that grief and pain. You don't have to hold it in. You may be afraid to start because you think you'll never stop, but let that stuff go. Just let it out. I promise you from both personal experience and scientific evidence, you will feel better and you will avoid incredible amounts of negative mental and physical consequences. So just take my word for it. Let that stuff out, okay? You will feel 10 times better. So... Here's, here's my favorite tip, probably of the whole list, is do something every day to help yourself heal. Dr. Uh, Goldsmith talks about exercise, read, watch some self-help TV or, you know, get on like a how-to YouTube, right? Learn to meditate and never underestimate the power of positive prayer. I'm a follower of Christ myself. Prayer is a big deal. I had a buddy of mine that went through rehab successfully a long time ago in St. Louis tell me, pray for that other person, right? Pray for them. Pray for them to be successful. Pray for them to be great. When you pray for them as hard as it is in the moment, a few days of that, a few weeks of that, you are going to feel 10 times better. It's weird. So never underestimate the power of prayer. Don't wait for the mood to hit you. You know that there's going to be difficult times of the day. These are the best times of day to hit that bad feeling right in the mouth. Just slap it right in the face by exercising or 
praying or watching some comedy. Let the feelings come, let them go, and then get on to something awesome, right? And that something awesome could be your self-help video, a, a comedy, uh, your favorite book, a, a good set of prayer, right? Like, don't hold that in. Exercising is real, okay? There are countless numbers of articles that discuss the positive feelings you get from exercise. Don't be lazy during your time of breakups. Not only that, when you work out, you feel better, you get some energy, you can work those feelings out. Tip number three from Dr. Goldsmith, find emotional support. There are tons of groups for the newly single, probably more so for women than men. Don't try to tough it out or go it alone. Uh, support from others is healing. Even if they're just temporary stops in your life, which you might even create great friendships. Now, I know a lot of churches have like divorce care, uh, some other programs. I would try to stay away from, uh, if you're going through a breakup, stay away from uh, singles groups. All right, you're not trying to get back on the horse. We're going to cover that in just a second. Heal yourself first. Don't lie to yourself and think that you're just okay right now. I guarantee you, it's going to take time to heal. The longer the relationship, I'll be honest with you, the longer it takes to heal. So don't deny yourself that healing time. It matters. And if there's a divorce and children, it's going to take a long time to settle into visitation and all that other stuff. And you're going to physically see your ex more than likely quite a bit. So you're going to have to be ready for this stuff. All right. So don't, don't blow it off. Don't think that you can just, you know, do whatever. No, you need to find some support. You need to take your time. You need to take your time. Slow down. Number four from Dr. Goldsmith. Don't be a doormat. Mm-mm. Not you. Mm -mm. Boys, girls, this is equal for both of you. Don't be a doormat. You know, if, you're, if your ex won't go away or move out, tell them that you can't heal with them around. Ask them to keep their distance. If there's harassment or threats going on, you need to call the, uh, you need to call the police. All right? Call law enforcement. That's all there is to it. Don't take that crap. Well, what about my kids? They got to see my kids. No, 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 no. A good dad doesn't threaten the mom. And so if you have the father of your children threatening you, your children do not need to see him. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Good men don't threaten women. Good men don't hit women. Good men don't slap women or degrade women. Good men treat women with respect. Even in a breakup, good men treat women with respect. Do not be a doormat. No, this is not your excuse to be a jerk. It is, however, encouragement for you to be healthy and strong emotionally. And if your ex is constantly hanging around, it's going to be very difficult for you to do that. So I would encourage you not to be a doormat. Okay? Get law enforcement involved if absolutely necessary, but do not sit there and take continued abuse. All right. Uh, number five. This is this kind of relates to number uh, two. Keep busy. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Perhaps we've heard that before. 
So it's important for you to establish new routines because routines will help time pass faster. They will help you heal faster and you can get back to being very, very healthy. And that's what you want to be. You want to be healthy. So this might be a time for you to wake up early, go for a morning walk, maybe go out to breakfast, maybe do a little something around the house that's productive, like cleaning. Cleaning is productive. You could try maybe going doing a little shopping. Don't go crazy. Enjoy the decadence of going to the movies on the uh, during the middle of the day. Many businesses uh, <laughs> might even allow you a mental health day. Take them. If you can't sleep, uh, do something like a crossword puzzle. Read. Uh, not on a screen. Read real paper. Uh, watch TV. Fall in love with your passions again. Go to a museum. Go to an old antique bookstore. Go to a record shop. Right? Don't sit and ruminate. You have to free your mind so that your heart can heal. I want to be very clear here that I'm not talking about uh, obsessively, compulsively being crazy busy. That, that's just not it. What I am talking about is being positively productive. Cleaning your house. Folding your laundry. Throwing stuff away. Planting a garden. Planting plants and flowers. These, these things will help you uh, see new life, new growth. All right. Um, go to the gym, exercise, go for a walk, put comedy on, go for a little drive, take a little road trip. You got kids, pack a picnic, take your kids out somewhere, get outside. If it's rainy and gloomy, pop a couple vitamin D pills and put on a funny movie. All right. It's easy, but you got to be active. And not only active in activities, but active in the reframing of your mind, like we said in the first half of the show. Don't be afraid to do that negative reappraisement of feelings, right? Do it day in and day out. That psychologist said that it works. And they studied it. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't just an isolated study. So, all right. This is something that I see way too much of. Am I guilty of it? Yes. But do I see it a lot? Yes. I see it a ton in like small towns. It's crazy. Don't mask your pain by finding a replacement. This rebound therapy is not healthy, gang. It's not good. Boys or girls, just don't do it. Just don't do it. It doesn't work. Those rebound relationships. Using people to get over somebody else. When you do that, you make regretful decisions. You don't actually heal, and it feels like it. But again, it's a huge distraction. And we learned earlier that the distractions just don't work. It's not fair to the other person. And you don't want to go around hurting people just because you're hurting. Do not, and I repeat, do not get into a relationship until you are completely happy and healthy and that is not a week all right i guarantee you it's not a week is it a month doubtful six months maybe andy stanley recommends being single for a year just think about that think if you set yourself a deadline to stay single for a year how much better would your life be if you knew that you just weren't even going to worry about it yeah but what about no 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 
if you're if you get that urge to date like an urge where does that urge come from why are you identifying so strongly with being in a relationship why do you subconsciously feel the need to be in a bad relationship just so that you don't feel lonely where's your self-respect right where's your self-reliance your independence so don't do it don't do it my friends don't do it because it's a nasty and scary process that likely repeats and repeats and repeats. Don't do the rebound thing. Finally, number seven, not finally, number seven, don't spend too much time alone. Don't isolate. Hang out with your friends, your buddies, right? Go to a social gym like the YMCA or Planet Fitness where they're friendly. Um, go to church, go to church. Go to a library. Be be around people. Get in some groups. Go to meetup.com. Go to your divorce care groups. Uh, go to the gym where there's friendly. Go to a yoga class. I'm not a big fan of like going to bars and stuff, but unless you're going out with friends, I mean, that's, that's one thing, right? Go out and see a concert with a few friends. Go to a museum. I mean, do something with your friends. Play some sports. You know, Go to coffee with a friend of yours. Whatever you got to do, but just don't spend a lot of time alone because that's it's just not good. Trust me, I kind of isolated myself and I felt like I was a prison in my own house. How crazy is that to feel like you're in a prison in your own house? That's crazy. It's crazy. You don't want to do it. Uh, the other thing is trust your feelings. Uh, if you were taken... Uh, even if you were taken by surprise by the breakup, your inner voice is telling you something, right? Listen carefully, and you're going to hear. You're going to hear that little whisper on the inside of you telling you it's going to be okay. All right? You're going to have to let those feelings guide you a little bit. Like, try not to fight it. Try not to fight it. And don't be, don't be tempted by the fear that you're going to be alone for the rest of your life. Everybody knows that's not true. If you found somebody, you can find somebody else. If somebody else found you... Somebody else is going to find you again. So don't freak out and feel like the time is, the clock is ticking, all right? Because it's just not true. You know, you have something really amazing waiting for you, but only if you get healthy first. Because if you stay unhealthy, nothing, not much good is going to come to you. I'm sorry. Number nine. Dr. Goldsmith hit it right on the head with this one. Take your time. I think we talked about that a couple of minutes ago. Take your time, man. Slow down, Karen. You don't need a boyfriend right now. You got four kids. Stop dating. Take your time and get better, okay? Because you're going to need that time to sort your feelings out, to establish healthy routines, to get yourself in physical, emotional, and spiritual shape. You need to get in shape, all three of those areas. And that doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in a week. Probably doesn't even happen in a month. I'm talking like six months, gang. So go slow. Don't make any major changes in the breakup time. Don't cut your hair. Don't go on a stupid shopping spree. Don't move to a new city. Don't quit your job. Slow down. Take your time. Major changes during a breakup time are almost always regretted down the road because you're making an emotional thing. Believe in yourself that with a little time, a little patience, a little support, you'll feel better and you'll begin to love again. Don't be afraid to tell yourself that. 
Tell yourself, listen, I'm going to feel better soon. I'm going to find somebody else. Everything's going to be okay. Give yourself that physical reassurance, right? Like physically, literally tell yourself these things out loud. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to make it. I'm worth it. I'm going to find somebody great. And then believe, start to believe that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. Finally, Dr. Goldsmith leaves us with the gem. Do a little research. Find out what others who have not just survived but thrived after their relationships ended did to achieve peace of mind. This, this podcast episode is step one. After this, look up articles, read books, talk to people, emulate the things that were successful for people. For a guy that gets broken up with a lot, tear, tear, I know that you will get over it. And I know that you have the chance to be stronger after the fact. Dr. Goldsmith's favorite book is How to Survive the Loss of a Love by Peter McWilliams. He says that it will give you insight, exercises, and some good old sage advice for dealing with this heart-wrenching issue. And I tell you what, if you've listened this far, then you'll know that there's a link to this book, to that book, in the show notes. So I would encourage you to click on it, check it out, buy a used copy. Listen, when I recommend books, they've probably been out for a little bit, so don't be afraid to buy a used copy. I mean... Is $6 really too much to ask for you to learn new strategies on how to have a better life? I think not. I think not. I should write a book, though. That's what I'm thinking. Listen, you need to trust that you are not put here to suffer and that your, your life will not just be okay. It's going to be wonderful again. Love will come again. And if you take your time, follow this advice and you're actually healthy, it's going to be better. Chances are you are not that great when you jumped into this relationship. Remember, again and again and again, change is mandatory, but suffering is completely optional. Please remember that. Self-care. I'm going to switch over to another, um, another piece of my notes here, and I'd like for you to uh, listen to this. Let time work its magic. Now, a lot. Uh, sometimes in a breakup situation, you're just going to have to gut it out, my friends. That's never popular. But sometimes the only way to get over a breakup is to simply let time pass. All right. Um, what do I want to say here? There is a uh, a reference here, if I can find it. Uh, there's a psychologist with the last name of Bennett. That's what I can find right now. Uh, letting time pass. And Bennett says, this gives the body's physiology a chance to return to normal and readjust from the rise and fall that came and went from the infatuation and the breakup. Remember, when you experience strong emotions, your body's biology changes. Now, after time has passed and the body has returned to normal. It's much easier to see your ex in that more realistic light based on that negative reappraisal from before. And the addiction has likely faded to at least some degree. However, for some people, the addicting nature of the feeling of being in love doesn't subside much with time. 
Do things that make you feel better and elevate your mood. Uh, let's see here. Antonio Hall, Antonia, Antonia Hall, excuse me, a psychologist, says that exercise is great because it increases the production of feeling good chemicals while reducing, while reducing stress hormones. That's what we talked about earlier. Physiological changes in your body change you. Eat right, limit the use of alcohol, because that can uh, lead to greater feelings of depression, according to that psychologist. Just know that breakups usually happen for good reasons, and if your needs weren't being met in the relationship anyway, you deserve better. And she also goes on to say, now is the time to uh, call in those support staffs, those support friends, instead of isolating yourself. And let's be honest, if that's not enough, if that's not enough, don't be afraid to go get yourself a little bit of therapy. I promise you, it's worth it. I've done therapy with mixed results. Some were good, some were not so good. But while I was in it, I was feeling better, I was making progress, and it's worth it. My great friend, Romina, from Florida, the RM Florida podcast is amazing, uh, has a question, why is it important to heal instead of holding in the sadness? When you hold in that sadness, as we discussed at the very beginning of the show, it can have literal physical and physiological effects. It's going to affect your brain chemistry. Uh, mental conditions are going to crop up and or persist. And, you know, things are going to happen like depression sets in, right? Uh, anxiety is going to set in. You're going to release these stress hormones. It's going to It's going to make your body feel sick. You could reduce your immune response. You can have all of these terrible things happen to you by holding that in where the inverse of that is letting it out getting that release getting that therapy that you need getting that exercise uh, asking friends to spend time with you and to do things with your friends exploring new things rebalancing yourself getting healthy again that's the better option after a breakup instead of holding all that stuff in let that out let that river flow so that you can get healthy so much sooner. There have been times personally where I have held it in. And there are times when I just got to work on getting over it. And let me tell you, friends, 100% of the time, when I put in the work, when I was actively getting over the breakup, when I was actively resisting the rebound effect, when I was actively working on myself, my projects, so that I could get healthy and intentionally get myself to a healthy place those were the times where I not only got over the breakup faster, but better. It's not about just getting over it faster. It is 100% about getting over it better. So my friends, if you're listening this far, remember, you have to be active when going through a breakup. And what I mean by active is physically, spiritually, emotionally active, and also actively intentional on getting over this stuff, getting yourself stronger, more healthy, balanced, resisting temptations to do unhealthy things. These are all the things you need to remember when you're going through a breakup. And remember, this podcast episode, it's only step one. You have to keep going. Do research. Be active. Be intentional. So listen, I'm going to wrap up this episode. If you know anybody that's going through a breakup, I would highly encourage you to tell them 
Hey, listen to this podcast episode. This guy's got some good advice. Share it with them. Remind them that this podcast is completely free to listen to. It doesn't cost anything to listen to this podcast. So you can listen to it, you can think about it, and then hopefully it will encourage and spur you to do great things, to do active things, to do intentional things, so that you can get out of it and get over it. And yes, letting go of that ego, letting go of that pride, just letting yourself heal, taking the time to do it, these are the keys of success. Listen, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, blue underscore leadership is the tag there. You can also follow me on Instagram if you like inspirational images and quotes blue collar consulting there on instagram and i am on tiktok talking about some craziness on there feel free to look me up blue collar consulting on tiktok and of course blue collar consulting group.com is the website blue collar consulting group on facebook gary allen roth roth on linkedin i would love to connect with you so let's see what that's all about listen tell somebody you love them today connect with me on social media share this episode with somebody who needs it and we will see you very soon take care